All right. It is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. It's week three, and we are here to talk about the Packers' loss, their first road game, and a loss to the Washington Redskins. Tough game to watch. 31 to 17 is the final score. We're going to go back through it. We're going to do the due diligence of, of breaking down this game. Uh, a tough game, maybe a, maybe a pivotal game in the Packers' season as far as it could get better from here, it could get worse. I'm Mike Fleischman, along with me at the kitchen table of my south side estate. It's Matt Mellum Setter. Thanks for coming down, buddy. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I've been I've been better, but we're putting that in the past. Good. We're rolling through. I don't have all my teeth anymore. You're talking through, through yeah. the pain. Yeah. I have less teeth than I did when last week started. So that's uh, <laughs> that's what's going on with me. It's a uh, it's a thing, but we uh, we're surrounded we, by cats. We here. are surrounded it's by cats. There's there's uh, there's one on a chair. There's one actually on the table right now. And there was one underneath the table yep. just a few minutes ago. Hello, Fred. Fred's poking over my uh, my Google Doc, my Snap Counts page. Hey, yeah, Fred. this is this is kind of a, a consequence of working at the South Side of State <laughs> is that they uh, they just sort of There's come up on you. Energy. Yeah, yeah. They want they want to see what the heck is going on, and uh, they want to join the conversation on Twitter at Cheese Cogoland. That's the worst segue I've ever done. No, but Fred's going to send a couple tweets now. Yes, Fred's going to say hello. Thanks for working on the South Side of State today. I was glad to get all the petting and the attention. When I first joined Facebook, uh, a friend of mine who had a little pug dog made a mm, Facebook page yummy. for his pug dog. Yeah. And he would make Facebook posts like in the voice of his pug dog, like, I wreck the pug dog and I love snacks. <laughs> and it was just, it was it was really incongruous with his sort of overall character mm-hmm. as like, this was not the kind of guy that you'd imagine, like just making, making posts about like, I love it when people pet my furry little head. Rex <laughs> <laughs> the pug dog. <laughs> but that, that would be happening. That was the, that was when I learned how to use the block button <laughs> on Facebook. Mute. Yeah. Like, quick mute. Like, you are done. <laughs> Never again to be seen in the timeline. Yeah, yeah. This doesn't need to come up again. <laughs> Rex the Pug is canceled. <laughs> God, poor Rex. Ugh. He didn't even know. He had no idea what was happening. Yeah. He had no idea. He would be shocked. <laughs> he would be so upset <laughs> if he knew that he was being used that way. In my name, you put this out there. <laughs> you did not ask me. You did not check with me. I am an innocent, I'm just an innocent pug dog. And this has to happen to me. 31-17. This Packers first away game. Packers were coming into this game with a record, an improbable record of 1-0-1. Still winless. Coming, still lossless. Yeah. Coming off the tie with the Vikings in the week previous, that game had its own set of problems. Uh, we, we rehashed them, them last week. And Matt, some of those problems just stayed with the team. And really, this was this was a game fourteen nothing at the end of the first quarter on a couple of couple of good drives yeah. by the Washington Redskins. And the Washington Redskins, like, let's kind of set the stage here. Not a good team. No, really, actually, like, not a good team. Have a quarterback in Alex Smith that I like mm-hmm. as a quarterback. Have a couple of uh, a couple of wide receiver threats. Have a couple of defensive players, but beyond that, not much to speak of. A team that you'd probably peg at the beginning of the season to end up 
you know, six and ten. Yeah, about that. I mean, Jordan Reed's great when he's mm-hmm. on the field. Uh, we saw Jordan Reed on the field. And he was great. Sunday, and he was very good. Um, but, yeah, just really a lack of talent on this Washington team. And, and a lot of questions as as to their, their coaching staff and their ownership. Mm-hmm. Just a, a team that is there, – there's all sorts of question marks, very few answers for yeah. Washington. But – uh, 14 to nothing first quarter. They jumped on Green Bay. Yeah. And for all of the doubts about Washington, here's here's a few things I don't have any doubt about. They know how to watch film. And yeah. They know exactly who to attack yeah. against the Packers. And the person that they attack is Kentrell Bryce. Yeah. Yep. In that in that strong safety spot. They yeah. went after him uh, right away on the first drive. 46 yard pass. To Paul Richardson, Kentrell Price. This was harped on by the color commentator on like three separate replays of this. Kentrell Price could not locate the football yeah. while turning his hips, which is a pretty fundamental strong safety play that you need to make. And Richardson was able to just go up top. There was good coverage on him until Bryce tried to turn, turn and locate it. Yeah. And cornerback on the play was uh, was also doing the right thing in keeping on the outside and yep. letting Cantrell Bryce be his help. But Bryce, that was his play to make. He couldn't have made it. Yep. And he bit on the far side, yep. play, which was not his coverage. That was Ha Ha Clinton Dix's coverage mm-hmm. and was not able to, he didn't have enough speed to catch up to Paul Richardson on his deep post route. Yeah. And that's, uh, if, if you, if you ignore, if you were to not watch Alex Smith last season, where all of a sudden he started throwing some deep balls and really improved that part of his game, yeah, maybe you'd want to sit on a short route with yeah. Alex Smith, but last year taught us that you can't do that anymore. He's he rounded out his game, kind of went from what I consider like a C plus quarterback to yeah. a real solid like B quarterback, yeah. a good guy. He went from an average game manager that might be able to get you to the playoffs to maybe someone who can win a game in the playoffs or so. He that was kind of the one element of his game that was way below average. Was throwing deep, he never threw deep. He did not throw to wide receivers in Kansas City, uh, but. Last year, he really picked up that and torched the backers yesterday with Sunday with him. Yeah, and so it's 7 to nothing immediately. Just Kentrell Bryce gets burned. Packers punt, Redskins punt, Packers punt. It, it took it took the Packers until the second quarter to get anything at all, mm-hmm. which was a field goal. But before they were able to get it, another really effective drive for the Washington Redskins to uh, to end up the first quarter. Puts them up 14 nothing. It was Adrian Peterson having a, a turn back the clock kind I've of day. So many times, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah, that guy is. I really I don't want to like spend this hour going after Adrian Peterson's character. Sure. There are a lot of things about him that really tend yeah. to bother me. Yeah. And a lot of things about his life that I find to be like very off-putting. Yep. And not just some of the stuff that like is headline worthy, but some of the smaller stuff. Yeah. I'm just gonna like. There is a piece out there, I think maybe Deadspin published it, that kind of details a birthday party he threw himself. It is a very odd piece. Interesting. That, that man leads an odd life. Okay, I would love to read it. It's, it's worth a read. Yeah. yeah, Adrian Peterson is a is a man with some very, very strange aspects to his life, but had a great game. Yeah, no, played really well. Yeah, played played very well in this game. He got it in from uh, from two yards out. It was um, that that first and goal at the two was set up by a penalty in the end zone on Devon House. In fact, this was the uh, this was the drive in which um, every first down, I believe, except the first, was set up by a Green Bay yes. penalty. Yep, this was pass interference, pass interference, pass interference, right? Yeah, penalty. 
Well, there pass was pass interference on Jair Alexander, second mm-hmm. uh, first and ten at the Green Bay thirty-six. Pass then, interference on uh, Tremont Williams covering Josh Doxson, and then uh, pass interference in the end zone on Devon House covering Josh. Doxson. Yeah, so a couple a couple of first downs set up by actual plays, but three pass interference penalties. Yeah. They were some of them. Some of them existed. Some of them didn't. Yep. But that's that's foreshadowing for later too. Is the yep. the officiating in in this game? Uh, it got. The, uh, the flag started coming out early and often. And once you get those refs reaching for that flag, oh boy, it's going to start coming out in a big way. Yellow. So Green Bay picks up 19 yards on a pass interference penalty of their own. They get it down to the, uh, they get it down to the 16 yard line. And from there, Mason Crosby or the 23 yard line yeah. and Mason Crosby gets the 41 yard field goal. That's in the second quarter, makes it 14 to three. Mm. On the very next series, uh, Alex Smith just uh, misses a receiver. Receiver stopped running the route. Ha-ha, yep. Clinton Dix was content to run it for him. Yep, finished out the route for Jordan Reed. was right yep. where Alex Smith threw that ball. Ha-ha, Clinton Dix caught a lollipop. Yeah, he caught a pass. Yeah, he caught a pass to yeah. himself, basically. Um, didn't really get, get much of a return, walked right out. Yep, Green Bay, Green Bay immediately goes uh, six plays for 12 yards and punched the ball. Yep from the Washington 43. It was fourth and 12. I'm not going to say go for it from there. At, uh, but they punt it. They downed it at the two, and Washington immediately responds by going, oh, 98 yards and eight plays. Yeah. And this is the part where it really starts to look as though, like, all right, there's, there is something about this Packers defense that is not working right now. Yeah. And what wasn't working was that the – the front four aren't getting there. Yeah, there's not much of a pass rush uh, that's getting home, and the loss of uh, Wilkerson. Yeah, Wilkerson. Of course, this is a this is a big big story in this game. Uh, Wilkerson had to go to the hospital. Yeah, stayed overnight. Had a procedure and stayed yep. overnight. Which I'm not I'm not a doctor, folks, but uh, if it's a broken ankle, you're worried about the blood vessels. Yeah, in the ankle on, in the event of a, a compound fracture. Mm-hmm. Or um, you know some something there, so so just a real real concern there as to a lot more than just football for yeah. for Wilkerson. That's yeah. that's bad. Yeah, but it's yeah it's twenty one to three at the at the culmination of this uh, of this ninety eight yard drive, and uh, yeah, Adrian Peterson is uh, is gashing you on this drive. Alex Smith scrambles a couple times. For yeah, scrambles hitting hitting yards. Jordan Reed all over the place. Jordan Reed is very good. And Green Bay finally answers with their first touchdown of the game, which is a uh, nice little 64-yard uh, flip over to Geronimo Allison. Yeah, some blown coverage. Geronimo mm-hmm. Allison wide open, walks it in for the touchdown. Geronimo's been doing one, at least one good thing every game. Every game, it feels like we can count on Geronimo Allison to do something really good. My dude has a very, very uh, vicious move when he yeah. fakes. Yeah. Yeah, people bite on his move because he really seems like he's committed to like that inside turn when he makes the double yeah. move. Um, guys are falling for it. He's shifting. Right now. He runs good routes. He's got great hands. He's been. I think Geronimo Allison's been the most consistent player we've had on this, on this receiving core this far this year. Yeah, we saw um, we saw Jimmy Graham catching some stuff on that on that drive, but really that was a. Uh, that was that was a great Geronimo Allison play. Good throw by Aaron Rodgers. We're going to talk more about how Aaron Rodgers looks overall yeah. later on. But it's twenty-one to ten at this point. 
need the defense to respond. You need a hold. Going into, yeah, you need a hold going into that. You don't get it. Uh, two minutes and 15 seconds left to go and a half. Uh, Washington just goes down and gets themselves another touchdown on another Adrian Peterson run. And it's a, it's a deep pass to Vernon Davis. Yeah. Talk about turn back the clock night. Vernon Davis Vernon and Davis. Adrian Peterson. Vernon Davis goes uh, deep right 50 yards with Ha-Ha Clinton Dix on the coverage. Yeah, that's and and that that sets sets him up first and ten at the twenty one, and immediately uh, pass to Crowder, and then uh, then and then Adrian Peterson takes it in. Green Bay can't get anything with twenty one seconds left. Mm-hmm. Go into the half there, down twenty eight to ten, and you just got the feeling with uh, with the way it was going for Green Bay that that was going to do it, and it almost did, except Green Bay launched a good drive coming out in the second half. Yep. Coming out of the half, we had uh, Green Bay had a 15-play, 75-yard, seven-minute position, mm-hmm. and it looked like, and it felt like, there's about to be a turnaround. Like we were coming out of halftime, and Mike McCarthy somehow made, had started to adapt his offense, it started to change things around, we were being successful, um, and it kind of just fell apart as the game went on. Yeah, this was this was the last this was the last gasp of uh, of things looking looking good yep. for for the Packers, and you know just read read these plays down. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers pass short left. Aaron Rodgers pass short middle. Aaron Rodgers incomplete. Aaron Rodgers pass short middle. Aaron Rodgers pass short right. Aaron Rodgers incomplete. Aaron Rodgers pass short middle. Aaron Rodgers pass short right. Aaron Rodgers pass short right. Aaron Rodgers scrambles off right end. That was that was terrifying. Yeah. Timeout, Aaron Rodgers, passing complete, passing complete, pass short, pass from Devontae Adams to Yoda's touchdown. It's, then there's no running plays on the entire drive. It was, outside of Aaron Rodgers' scramble, it was a pass every single time. Mm-hmm. And when our offensive line is struggling against their pass rush, but is succeeding very well in the run, um, getting good push up front and averaging about 5.8 yards per carry, it doesn't make sense to avoid the run on the Yeah. It doesn't make sense to quit on the run when you're seeing success with it. There's so much time left in this game entering the beginning of quarter number three. There's 30 minutes left. That's a lot of time to gain 11 points. It's also pouring rain yeah. in, in our nation's capital and, and prime swamplands of yeah. Washington, D.C. And, it's pouring rain. Out. And FedEx Field it's is humid. not a good place to play in the, the rain. The turf is garbage. Yeah, it's a terrible field. Chunks are flying everywhere. Guys aren't planting. The balls are... are Lubed up and extra slippery, yeah. and from there on out, it's uh, it's twenty eight seventeen, and Washington's going to add a final field goal to finish this out. Green Bay, Green Bay has to punt a couple of times, and this is where it starts to look look real bad. Yeah, Cobb drops a pass that on it was ruled a catch and on review is a drop. Yep, on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Right in the wheelhouse. Very next drive, third and ten. Rogers incomplete to Kendricks, and when it says incomplete, it means Lance Kendricks forgot to bring arms. Yeah, it means to this Lance football Ken- game. Kendricks dropped another ball. Oh, that one was that one was that was the one that killed me. And it, it was mm-hmm. wide open. It was a perfect throw. It hit him in stride. If he catches that ball, he's got another fifteen yards of run after the catch. Just doesn't catch it. I don't know. I don't know what to. I mean, it wasn't a difficult play. It was in. It was just like Cobb's. Yep. It was right in the wheelhouse. 
I'm going to back us up because I wanted to talk about the drops kind of in succession sure, 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 and also the Cobb fumble, but the drive before that for Washington, this is mm-hmm. the one that everyone, this is the only thing that people are talking about from this game is on second and seven at the Washington 46 on a drive that Washington did punt on. Yep. Alex Smith sacked for a 17 yard loss that is called back because Clay Matthews got called for roughing the passer on as far as I can tell, was just a sack. Yep. Everyone lost their minds when this happened. And I lost my mind. Yep. The, the normally calm and reserved host of Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Lo- I lost my mind completely. I was up and screaming at the television. It's, I mean, I'm, you will have some things for us on the refereeing and, and how the NFL actively stifles the growth of the referees. but. It really is just a terrible rule and a bad interpretation of the rule. I mean, there's very specifically the wording unnecessarily and violently and uh, must not attri- must not try to, much must strive to keep their body weight off. It's not, cannot put their body weight on. It's just a bad rule in general, and it's being poorly enforced by it's, the referees yeah. who are under-trained and under- It's, it's, a, it's a big mess, and- and everyone seems to have this same same thing. Of course, the NFL does what they do, and they triple down on like, oh, that's a good penalty. They issued it at the it, state and immediately. They didn't even wait yeah. for the game to end. Kavanaugh-esque. Yeah. They were like, well, here's 65 people who think it was a good idea. And before, everyone was like, we ain't even said it was a bad idea yet. Yeah. Uh, that's my politics joke of the week. I'm done with that now. But um, it was it was very, very bad because I don't know. I don't know what Clay Matthews does there to make that place safer. We have, I have no idea. And no one, I, there's no, I can't find words to describe it. We saw a Miami Dolphin tear his ACL yeah. trying to keep from putting his body weight down on a court, yeah. down on Mr. Derek Carr, yeah. who has not first name, which is Derek. Yes, it's Derek. It's yeah. very definitely yeah, Derek. Yeah, a Dolphin tore his ACL. Trying not to sack Derek Carr in an in an illegal way. I don't know how Clay Matthews can make that play safer. And I mean, Richard I have Sherman has the quote of mm-hmm. the NFL doesn't care as long as the QB's safe. They yeah. don't care if the rest of us yep. get hurt. Only as long as the QB's safe. I'm going there later, but I'm also for right now. I'm just yeah. I don't I don't know how you make that play play any safer. And I just I do not. I don't. Oh, yeah. Unintended consequences. Yes. Are some of my favorite things in the world. Yeah. And. A quarterback who can either go down and take a sack. Mm -hmm. Or stay up. And actually like court further injury by putting himself in a position to be landed on. Yeah. I know a lot of quarterbacks who are going to take the full weight of a defensive player to get a 15-yard penalty. Yeah. Quarterbacks are going to start going, staying up. Yeah. They're going to start leaving themselves open for these hits instead of trying to escape, instead of trying to go down, instead of trying to slide down in the pocket. You've seen Rodgers bail out. Rodgers always falls. Yeah, he always falls. Yeah. Because he knows he's doomed. Yeah. (laughs) He's got one knee. He He cannot run. Yeah. The unintended consequences of this are that quarterbacks are going to start start playing for that fifteen yard penalty. Start taking it for their advantage. Yep. I mean, what was the? Have you seen Mike? Dan- you follow Mike Daniels? Oh, of course. You fo- you see his tweet earlier today. 
Missed it. Uh, he was saying, like, from now on, like, teams shouldn't punt on fourth down. No. Just snap it, let the defense at the quarterback take that 15-yard automatic first down. Yep. That's all you have to Because apparently, yeah. it's not just... It's not an it's not an unnecessarily violent hit. It's really just any kind of hit, any kind of regular tackle which you would lay down on a wide receiver or running back, anything like that, which would be a legal tackle for them, is now not legal for the quarterback. Yeah. But, and yeah. it, it's it's there's stipulations to this rule which have existed previously, like the weight rule, putting all your weight down on someone has existed previously, but they've picked it up. No cap. Um, and it's added to these unnecessary consequences. The thing that made it look so dang bad mm-hmm. is that Alex Smith is standing there like a goober. Yeah, he's standing like a goober who has no idea the claim asked you about him. Yeah, no it. idea. And it's not a blindside hit. It's not unnecessarily it's, it's not a blindside hit. It's, it's right in his face. He's not decking him. Clay Matthews goes low. He keeps the head away from the upper body. He does not spear him. He does not. He leads with the shoulder into Alex Smith's shoulder, stays away from any head-to-head contact, I, wraps his arms like the rule asks him to do, and then tackles him. He does not drive. He does not lift his feet. There's no suplexing like we see Deron Payne do to Aaron Rodgers later in the game. That was actually on the previous drive. Previous drive? Previous yep. drive. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, that's where I was going next. Spin and scoop and drive into the ground. Yep. Where, uh, I mean, which is exactly what Deron Payne exactly did to Aaron Rodgers on the drive before. And it's just, it's inconsistent ruling. It's bad wording. It's bad. Everything is terrible. It's it's really, really bad. And yeah, Payne gets to grab a quarterback around the shoulders, sling him to the ground, and then come down on him after, as he's going down yeah. already. Like Payne gets to do that. But Matthews, who's very visible, gets to gets to do this. And yeah, second half of the program, I'm gonna lay out to you like why the refs are calling this the way they are and why why it's happening the way it is. But yeah, the game is done at that point. After Kendricks drops the, after Kendricks drops the deep pass, Green Bay would have kind of one last gasp at uh, twenty-eight to seventeen. Yeah, and it's a short pass to Cobb. Uh, Fabian Moreau rips the ball out of Cobb's hands. Cobb was garbage in this game. This is Cobb's worst game as a professional yep. player. Yeah, as long as I can remember, this is the worst game I've ever seen around Cobb play. Yeah, he was not. He was not ready to play in this game. No. He, he should have. He looked bad. He looked bad from the early going and should have been benched for Scantling. Yeah. yeah. At at a certain point, I understand that Cobb is probably in higher favor with the Packers than Valdez Scantling at this moment. But uh, you know, you get a couple of drops and you're you're not getting open. Like you didn't draft three rookie wide receivers to uh, to watch Cobb yeah. get the ball ripped out of his hands in a yeah. on a second and six. Yeah, Washington gets the field goal. It's 31 to 17 at that point. Yep. And before we go to the break, I just want to go to the, the amount of attrition that this game produced for the Packers. Going into it, no Josh Jones, which is why Kentrell Bryce is out there getting torched yep. on deep balls. Kentrell Bryce should be in there on running downs because he's yep. a willing tackler and he fills the hole quite nice. Yes, he's he's very good on rundowns. He's very good in run coverage. He's and he just yeah, he gives, struggles in pass coverage. He gives you the opportunity to use Josh Jones as a linebacker. Mm-hmm. When you're in running downs, because Jones also a good hitter. I think I think Green Bay's run defense, apart from like Adrian Peterson just being good, is, has remained fairly good. Yeah. Throughout these games. Yeah, the first two games we've seen really stifling run defense. We've seen very good run defense and positive development in that front. 
And Kevin King not playing groin injury. He, didn't, he wasn't able to practice all week. I, I so want him to be healthy. Yeah. Because he's so good when he is. Yeah. And I am afraid at this point that Kevin King is becoming the player that never happens yeah. for Green Bay. Just yeah. another one of those guys where you're like, yeah, he looked okay in the four games he played. And then just could never get healthy. Never really yeah. was able to make his mark on on the league. He's very good when he plays. And and being injured like this often for Kevin King is like we'll pl- we'll play a serious mental toll on him. Mm-hmm. Take like a serious mental toll on him. And watching kind of a team get torched like that while you're sitting uninjured can really kind of mess with your mental. So I hope that he can get healthy. And then when he comes back, be in the right mindset yep. to continue playing football. Muhammad Wilkerson's done for the season yep. with an ankle injury. Yep. Um, haven't learned the specifics on that. We don't really need them. No. Ankle bad. Mohamed Wilkerson, major free agent signing, is gone. Puts Montrevious Adams and Dean Lowry in a mm. position where they need to step up. And, Matt, it's a tough situation because they're not so much in a situation where they need to step up. They're in a situation which, based on the early returns, they need to play better than Wilkerson yeah. was. Yeah. Because this, this front still can't get any pressure yeah. on its own without blitzers, which the the patent defense is predicated on that. yeah and that's not happening requires the rush to get home for them to succeed and we've seen really nothing yet uh, i mean i guess we've seen clay matthews get some pressure on the quarterback but it always ends up bad uh, <laughs> yeah and i mean limited snaps for reggie gilbert has kind of not really turned anything out Nick carry's been in and out with injuries um, well gilbert's problem and you saw this when uh, they were trying to play gilbert on first downs, trying to play Gilbert and Fackrell is sort of a, a a first down, second down tandem. Yeah. With uh, trying to keep Perry and Matthews fresh. Uh, Gilbert surrenders the edge quicker than anyone I've ever seen. Yeah. And you can just bounce it outside. You can seal Gilbert off so easily because mm-hmm. he's, he's so frequently fooled by any sort of play action. Yeah. He's thinking all out pass. And I don't blame the kid because he's seeing his first real game action. Yeah. He's worked his way into where he's good enough to be in games now. Yeah. And a yeah. two year practice squad. Yeah. He's shown the ability to improve to this point. Yeah. So it's not that I'm terribly, I'm not, I'm not selling this guy or anything at this no. point, but I hope he can continue to build to his game to where he can recognize the run because there's nothing. There's nothing physically wrong with how he plays that should prevent him from from being able to be an edge run stopper as well. Yeah. He just needs to recognize plays and diagnose them faster. Yeah, because at this point, he's a very good rusher. He's a very good like edge rusher when he gets the when he gets snaps, when he's in the yep. games. And we've seen him put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks when he plays. But yeah, struggles in the run. Nick Perry is in the concussion protocol. Yep, Nick Perry's out again. At uh, that puts more pressure on Gilbert, more pressure on Kyler Fackrell, who is invisible. Yeah, Tyler Fackrell is not good. At he's all. he's number fifty one. I have no idea how he made the uh, how he made the squad, yeah. but yeah, you're looking at a, a front seven that was supposed to be that was supposed to be Kenny Clark, Daniels, Wilkerson, Matthews, and Perry. That is is now Kenny Clark, Daniels, Dean Lowry, Slash. Reggie Gilbert, and Kyler Fackrell. Yeah, with a little with a little Matthews and Montrevious, a little splash Montrevious Adams. Yeah. That is that is immediately going and you know Wilgerson ain't coming back. Perry could be back next week, or we could never see him on the football field again. Yeah. Uh, concussions being what they are, so you've got you've got immediately some some major question marks there on the offensive side. Brian Balaga yeah. with uh, with the back injury goes out. Jason Spriggs comes in and gets. Uh, 
Yeah. And you know, the bills are just watching the film going like if it's Spriggs, you just bull rush him back into Rogers yep. because yeah. he's still not strong enough to play tackle. Yeah. He, it's not like he's a guard either. I mean, he is nope. physically, he is a tackle. He cannot play guard, uh, but he's just not strong enough to take yeah. any edge rusher. I mean, I can barely lift my cat. So yeah. I'm going to sit here in my South side of state and just confidently be like, Jason Spriggs is not strong enough to be an offensive lineman in the NFL. Yeah. But you're, I mean, you're not a, you're not a, I'm not trying to, you're not I'm trying, not to, trying to be an offensive lineman in the NFL. NFL. It's so, totally true. Yeah. We know like what, what it takes to be an NFL lineman. Like we can see and we can watch and we can see what his flaws are. If you watch the games, if you're watching this tape, you can tell what the flaws are and the Bills will be able to tell yep. and will be able to attack what they need to attack. Yeah, and, and you watch a guy on the other side like David Bakhtiari. David Bakhtiari, when he first started to establish himself, mm-hmm. wasn't strong enough to be an NFL defensive lineman no. I, or offensive lineman either. But Bakhtiari has some of the best feet you'll ever see on an offensive lineman. He's also very smart, has very quick hands. And is as good as I've seen at redirecting a defensive player's yeah. momentum. He's kind of that that kung fu thing of like, let's go the way you think yeah. you're gonna go. Right? Yep, he just just sends the player where where he's supposed to go. Yeah, and uh, Spriggs isn't good at any no. of that. No, Spriggs is not really. He's good at being tall. He's like six foot seven. Yeah, he's, he's a very he's, large he's man. Good at being tall and big, um, but not very good at being strong or doing the offensive line stuff. Yeah, I, I would not be I would not be surprised to see them try and get the veteran Brian Bell out there if Belaga can't go. Uh, Bell looked awful in preseason. It might be a different thing. Yeah, I mean, once you get him out there in the regular season, he might be uh, might be ready to go. He's a veteran who cares about the preseason. I don't yeah. care about the preseason. I mean, <laughs> it, preseason is really just a formality. If you're yep. a veteran. It's not a. It's more of a rookie thing. Yeah, he looked terrible in the preseason, so maybe he's ready to go in the regular season. But hopefully. Balaga is back, and I, I would not be surprised to learn that Randall Cobb had some sort of an injury that was uh, that was holding him back. I mean, I would hope so for uh, his sake, yeah. embarrassment's sake of that game. Yeah, um, but I, I mean, I don't hope that he's injured. I hope that no, I hope he's well. I hope that he was playing through an injury so he can use that as an excuse for playing well. Yeah, for playing not well. I hope he is himself well. Yeah. So going going into this matchup against the uh, the Bills coming up. Next week, normally you'd be salivating for the Buffalo Bills yeah, wow. because, uh, you know, they are they really are one of the worst teams that the league has seen recently, just in general. But uh, the Bills beat the pants off the Minnesota just Vikings. Just them. Just destroyed them. Just. It was great to watch. Wow. I was back home in South Dakota this, this weekend and I watched yep. the game with a bunch of Vikings fans. That was a fun. And this is a home game, second road game for the Bills. Mm-hmm. I mean, and when you suck as much as the Bills did in their first two games, getting away from home is yeah. actually a relief. Yeah, I mean. Because you don't have to listen to your fans start booing you if you can't, like, get three yards on first and ten on the first yeah. drive of the game. Uh, I mean, the Bills, at, at halftime of this Bills-Vikings Bills game, it was, they had 27 points, and the Vikings had 26 yards. And before this game, the Bills only had 23 points on the season. So this was a, a breakout game for the Bills. This was probably the highlight of their all of those guys' careers individually. And and the, the Vikings who like they remain my pick to go to the Super Bowl until they show me that they that they can't win multiple games. Mm-hmm. This season, like the Bills took their ass back to Buffalo. Yeah. With them. It was it was thorough. Yeah, they chopped it off. And yeah. Brought it back on a silver platter. <laughs> They're eating it for they ate it yeah. for dinner. Actually, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Vikings. Can you knock, can you put, chef it up. Vikings have to grow another ass. 
Because what, what a happened lizard. to them? Like a yes. lizard? They have to grow another ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk some uh, some more stuff when we come back. But we're going to take a break, first of all. Amazing how quickly a half hour went here. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, before we take the break, want to let you know, follow us on Twitter at CheeseCagoLand. Follow me on Twitter at MP Fleischman. Follow him on Twitter at Melumsetter. I am doing soccer football, and volleyball games on rrsn.com. I am a play-by-play slash color guy. I am way less sarcastic and way more business-oriented <laughs> when, when I work for that company. <laughs> so, yeah, this is my kind of disclaimer of, like, if you are, if you are coming here kind of from, from that angle as well, like, this is opinions are my own. Yeah, but, this is my- uh, yeah, when I when I positively promote student athletes, I do so with the utmost seriousness. <laughs> when I talk about my Green Bay Packers, I do it I do it with a hint more hint more uh, real world sarcasm. And Matt Mellon said, "Are you are the program director of Radio to Paul Sports, one of the best college radio stations in the entire nation? What y'all got going on?" Um, we've got a lot of stuff. So uh, I host a few different radio shows. I host uh, From the Loop on Thursdays from five thirty to six thirty with uh, the assistant general manager of the station, Tim Stevens. Um, on Mondays, I hope I host uh, DePaul on football with uh, Charlie Bevins, who's done some work for uh, 670 The Score. Uh, and then I also host a show from 630 to 7 on Radio Sports on Mondays um, called Sports Ball, where I review kind of go over the history of a ball and how the sport developed around that ball, how the ball developed. And then at the end of the show, I review it and uh, I tell you what it should be used for. Should this ball be used for passing? Should this ball be used for catching? Should this ball be used on the beach, in the park? What's the ground rules for this ball's use? What's your next ball? Next ball is basketball. Oh, another another, another solid classic. choice. Another classic. We're, we're, we'll get into the exotic balls uh, kind of as the year goes on. Yeah. So many options the as to what you balls, can do with a basketball. Handballs, uh, like the urban handballs, kind of the, the ones where you smack them against the walls. Oh, yeah. Um, ping pong ball? Mm, maybe we can get into the ping pong ball. There's a lot of uses for the ping pong ball. Ping pong ball is all <laughs> over the place with uses. It's not just for the ping pong. It's, it's used. College students know all College about students it. use it a lot. I've always, I've seen it as like a bobber, like a makeshift bobber oh, for fishing. Uh, you know, ping pong ball can be everywhere. So that's what the heck we are and what the heck we do. Who the heck we are and what the heck we do. And uh, we're going to take a little break and there's more Cheeseheads in Chicagoland coming up right after it. Cheeseheads in Chicago, and I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellumsetter, and Matt. Everyone's hey. talking about it. We got to talk about it too. The uh, the the NFL's roughing the passer rule has blowed up yeah. in the NFL space. Really the way the way a lot of things have blown up in the face of the NFL in recent years, and that it's it's a classic example of the NFL's overreach and overcompensation. Yeah, some would say it's a poorly ran company. Some might say. Some might say that the head of the NFL really doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know. That might be crazy. And, yeah, it's some might say that this is a, a crony organization that mm. has just been been very content to rake in money for years and years and years and has, uh, you know, what we've seen in what we've seen as far as, as athletes and, and other 
other smaller elements of sports. And when I say smaller, I mean like less wealthy, sure. less powerful and less connected to the media. Yeah. <laughs> then, then ownership is what we've seen with social media is that athletes have been able to establish their voices and of every league, the NFL has reacted the poorest Absolutely. to that. Absolutely. And the way that they make the rules is not directly related to that, but the way they're responding to controversy is is very poor mm-hmm. in that they have like tweets ready. Yeah. You know, like the, the color commentator on the game is not even done complaining about the Clay Matthews hit when the NFL is tweeting out like multiple tweets about why that's a valid hit. It, what does it remind you of? Reminds me a lot of Donald Trump's Twitter. Yeah. Like, it reminds me a lot of, like, when something goes, like, a something crazy happens with Donald Trump, and before he's finished reading the, the breaking yeah. news reports on Twitter, saying this is false, this is not true, this is false, this is not true, in all caps and in much more vulgar language. Now, there's, there's, uh, I want to digress here, because there's, I, I can't stand Trump just in, in general. Sure. Like, in, in general, I'm, I'm diametrically opposed to him, but I really... I, there's almost something that I pathologically admire about his ability to just like hoop himself on national TV and be like, that was great. Every day. It's a new that was exactly what I wanted to happen. <laughs> his ability to just like do things that are awful and then be like, or like have things go completely the opposite way of what he wanted. And then to be like, everything happened the way I wanted it to. He's like the kid in middle school. It's always like, yeah, no, that's what I planned. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, I planned to do I, that. I meant to do that. Yeah. yeah. And that, his nuts. ability to, his ability to maintain <laughs> that as a way of life. Like 70 years. Also, also I, I want to give, I want to give him credit because he, he went, he went to the, of course, North Carolina and uh-huh. uh, was, was meeting with the survivor of a hurricane who had a boat land in his backyard and Donald Trump to this man goes, well, you have a boat now. That's good. <laughs> and that is actually genuinely very, a very, very funny thing to say. <laughs> and if he was like, if he was a human being that was like compassionate or yeah. competent. If he knew that that was actually a joke. If he was actually just like <laughs> sort of dissembling, you know, using a dissembling remark to like kind of, you know, this is it's because it's a thing I do. It's a thing I recognize in myself. Like. Mm-hmm. I I will tell a joke at a funeral. I, you know, that's a song lyric, but yeah. I, I'll do that. Yeah. Uh, and and I recognize the the need and necessity for humor in tough situations. Yeah. Yeah. So like him just walking up to someone who's like lost everything they own and being like, well, you have a boat now. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. That's really, really funny. So I, I just I just have to acknowledge the fact that like, all right, all right, my dude. Yeah. You know, the stop clock. Is right once ever, <laughs> and that like that was actually quite funny. But I want to I want to just go on an extended rant about how the NFL has treated their officials and yeah. how they've reacted badly to to just players having more say in general. Yeah, they have reacted badly to players' attempts to organize, mm-hmm. but they've especially reacted badly to referees. Yeah. The referees in 2013 attempted to get better working conditions. They were replaced by scabs. Yeah. Who were some who were the worst. Yeah. Who were somehow worse than regular referees. I didn't even know that that would be possible until I saw Much worse. The, the level at which they were calling games. The referees did not get a particularly good deal from that situation. But what the NFL can do 
in order to obfuscate that and make the referees feel appreciated is protect them from the greater amounts of social media and interaction and clout that the players have Mm -hmm. by vehemently defending them while at the same time changing the rules on them constantly, not giving them good working conditions or benefits, and putting them in situations where they themselves barely understand the rules that they're asking the referees to. Because you can ask six different people in the NFL what the rule is. You'll get six different answers. They send the referees out. The referee, you can ask six different referees what the rules are. You will get six different answers. And then, you know, the NFL Twitter account will triple down on defending whatever answer each referee gave to give that illusion of support. Yeah. And that's that is, you know, the difference between real support, which would be to actively work with the referees to gradually change the game Mm -hmm. in a way that is very understandable and is based on the actual real experiences of referees at every level who watch plays in real time and rule on them in real time. Because a dude like Ed Hockley can tell you how, how hard it is to determine certain things versus how easy it is to determine other things Mm -hmm. in, in the NFL. And you can start making your rules based on what referees tell you that they can actually detect happening at real world speeds. You could do it that way. And then gradually work rules in. Or you can do it the way the NFL has, which is to scramble and bluster and then triple down on whatever dumb changes they make while not being able to adequately explain to referees and also people like me who like, I kind of know the game of football a little. Yeah. I've been watching it for 30 years. Yeah. And I can't tell you what a catch is or what unnecessary roughness on the quarterback is at this point. I used to be able to. Yeah, it used to make sense. And it used to be something that the eye could tell and that even the regular football watcher could understand. And now it's gone so far beyond that even experts in football rules, the football referees, the NFL referees, have no idea what they're calling. And this is built out of something that is equally garbage. And that is the idea that this is being done with player safety in mind. Which is and. It's it's a joke for the NFL to say because Richard Sherman is absolutely right. My wife hit on this yesterday as well, and and I'm going to hit on it now. Is that the the NFL listened to about four or five years of doctors and former players and all sorts of real medical experts coming out with real medical data and presenting real empirical findings that like football damage brain. Yeah, football damage brain. Football make brain bad. Real football bad. very dangerous damaged brain is is very very bad i don't know what happened to my ability to speak english there in that last sentence but it's it's really damaging to Damn. play football and they responded to that by and and we're not talking about one position of football we are talking about every position on the field we are, we are talking largely about trench players, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, running backs. That's where, they, that's where we see the highest. That's where, yeah, that's where we see the highest rates of CTE. Because it's not the big hits that are causing these. It's the it's every every single play. Yeah, it's, it's every, every single collision. Hit, every time that somebody's going like this, so a quarterback might not get hit every play, a wide receiver might not get hit every play. Every single play, no matter what it is, passing play, running play, the linemen are banging. Yeah, the front seven hit each other. Yeah. And that's that's where we see it. You know, it's it's um, and so the NFL takes a one look at this, realizes that they have the media machine to do this, and yep. instead of instead of protecting players, 
decides to make a big show of like, oh, you want the players to be protected? Well, here's a bunch of rules for the quarterback protecting the faces of their league and the players that they advertise and and build their brand and get their money off of, which is absolutely the most cynical thing to do in that. You know, I, I did not. When I say that I'm in favor of making this league safer and that I will eventually accept the drastic changes to the game that I know are coming, Mm -hmm. which could very well include the omission of tackling. Yeah. Like, I know that's coming. Yeah. It has to for the league to survive, and I don't know if the league survives it. Yeah. I just just know that it's... I think it's soon. I think it's really nice. Yeah, I think it's soon, and I, I will deal. I will deal because, like, you can... I, you have already made the ethical case to me that yeah. that it's important. But like, if you if you turn around and just be like, "Well, we made it safer for the quarterbacks," job done. No, 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 not the whole thing. Yeah, you know, this is and and this this plays on multiple different things. This plays on the NFL's labor issue. This plays on the NFL players as a class issue. As in, once again, your quarterbacks are now a protected class and are further separated from your all the lower paid players around them. I've talked about this before. One thing that I don't know if it was with you or if it was with uh, with Gabriel or uh, or Wittry or who was who was on with me the idea of that the NFL divides and conquers the players association yes. by creating multiple classes of players and then discouraging class consciousness between those classes of players. Mm-hmm. This is another thing that does yeah. that. This is another thing that sets sets the quarterback apart from the rest of them. And is going to further a lot of things, whether intended or unintended, but it's not going to further player safety for the players who are currently suffering the most yeah. damage from football. I'm, I've been trying to find the last five minutes I'm trying to find the official wording of this roughing the passer new rule, and it's been very difficult to find. Yeah. Uh, which I think adds to <laughs> the reasons why the NFL is such a struggling league is that no one gets it. And plenty of people. From the president on downwards are happy to tell you that the league is struggling because of uh, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, and we already had that. Go back to listen to episode yeah. three, episode four. I episode think it was where we uh, we really blew that one out. Yeah, yeah, go listen to that episode five. God knows. Yeah. Go listen to one of those. We have it. We cover all the mathematics and statistics and all that to disprove it completely. Yeah, because that's not the case. At the end of the day, the reason that the NFL uh, ratings are dropping is consistent with every single television channel and television viewership in general it has nothing to do with politics. And and frankly, you, know, you can you can be politically opposed to Colin Kaepernick. I know plenty of people who are and you know, go do your thing whatever people, you know, feel feel your feelings. It's cool. Yeah. But at the same time you can also realize that like he's he's not driving people away from the NFL quite at the rate you will, because the people I know who are most vocal about disliking Colin Kaepernick want to talk to me about the most recent Packer game every time I see him. Yep. Like, you can't you can't keep people away from the NFL quite yep. like that. Like, the people who are truly boycotting the NFL are few and far between, mm-hmm. and they're sneaking it. They're sneaking it on the side. It's getting in there. People want to know how Warren Burks is doing. And I'm like, how do you know about Warren Burks? I thought you were completely off the (laughs) NFL. Huh, weird. That's strange. Um, He looked pretty good in his limited snaps. Yeah, he looked all right. (laughs) He looked all right. He looked good. Antonio Morrison has got a hill to climb. You can tell he's he's a bit behind on the old Packers playbook. He showed up. 
he kind of showed up and was hustled into the door and handed a playbook and been like, well, you'll have that memorized in the morning. And he's like, no, I won't. No, 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 not quite. <laughs> no, actually, no. Yeah. But he'll get there. Um, boy, I, I hope Jackson and King are able to get on the field yeah. very, very soon. Yeah. And if they're not, Earl Thomas is out there. Yeah. And uh, I watched I watch Kentrell Bryce get, uh, get just sort of toasted like a marshmallow. Mm-hmm on a bunch of plays and I find myself realizing that like, if you are talking about going ahead without King and Jones for the next 10 games, boy, Earl Thomas probably helped Earl you Thomas out a little bit. Uh, and so what we've seen so far is before the season, uh, Dallas offered a second round pick. The CLC Hawks turned it down. Um, man, I think if the Packers can offer a second rounder, I think you have to go after that. I think you really have to pursue Earl Thomas in whatever they are interested in. I think it's time to go after Earl Thomas. Yeah, I, I think it's a no-brainer at this point. It's yeah. it's a it's it's a position of need right away. A uh, he's the exact right antidote to uh, to a tandem with HaHa Clinton Dix, who is who is not playing any harder. Yeah, than than he has been. His play has become has become soft. Yeah, and it's not like soft in that way of like he sucks. But soft in that way of like he is not a factor in the run game, and he is very much a safety gap yeah. kind of player. He is there to push players out of bounds to avoid the big play and provide safety help. And you'll notice that like teams don't throw his direction when he's safety help over top. Yeah, he's he's still good as a ball. Hawk he takes his... away the side that that side of the field very frequently. Yeah, it's just that there's not. You want to step up and kind of take away the middle hook area, kind yep. of take away what Earl Thomas is so successful at, which is patrolling yeah. the dead center of the field and moving up and making his tackles in kind of that second level, like in that linebacker zone where Earl Thomas is so successful. Yeah, you, you need a you need a guy next to Ha Ha Clinton Dix who enjoys pain. Yeah, who loves to hit. Earl, Earl Thomas, Thomas is one of is them. your guy. He's only 29. He's not aging out yet. And safety is a position where we've seen guys succeed deep into their careers. No, I don't think it would be at all crazy for the Packers to give this guy three years guaranteed money. Yeah. At this point, like yeah. 29 through 32 for, for a safety. I think at, at this point, especially when if you can, McCarthy is supporting Kentrell Bryce. Yeah. I am. I've seen. I've seen a lot of Kentrell Bryce in this season where like, all right, he earned his, he, he earned his, his ability, his chance to play. Yeah. But there's a lot, there's a big difference between like being the type of guy who comes in and does the right things to earn a chance to play a la Kentrell Bryce, a la, a la Reggie Gilbert. Yeah. There's a big difference between being an NFL starting caliber player yes. and, and working, working your way to earn that shot. Yeah. And Kentrell Bryce is, been all over the field in the right winnings on the field in the right positions for Kentrell Bryce. Kentrell Bryce, we've said it before the year, we've said it all throughout the year thus far, is not great in coverage. He's struggled a little bit in coverage, a lot, a bit. Even in the first game of the year, in that Bears game, he had a few good coverage plays, uh, but was still sometimes a step late. He's making tackles and he's making plays when he's pursuing the ball carrier and he's chasing guys down, but he's not good in coverage. And Earl Thomas is really freaking good in coverage. 
Yeah, and he's he he Kentrell Bryce is now coming off a game where he gives up the first score of the game by simply losing the ball. Yeah. Gives a cup up a couple more plays, bites on bites on fakes, is staring down quarterbacks. Yep. And and then I'm not gonna say caused, but contributed to the Wilkerson injury because it was his legs that took Wilkerson down yeah. as he was inside on the play. Yeah. Um that'll mess up that'll mess you up. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kentrell Bryce his head may be bad yeah from uh from the game he just had to play that's the kind yeah. of game that'll leave a lasting impression on you that that's the game that'll make you a little gun shot it'll make you a little skittish yep. it'll make you a little scared to go and do what feels natural and also i think the thing about earl thomas is that at the end of the day man the safety is the most difficult position to find i think really at the end of the day it's a quality all-star level pro bowl all pro safety is maybe the most difficult player to get outside of quarterback, especially on the defensive end, to get a real solid safety. And if the Packers had Earl Thomas and Ha-Ha Clinton Dix back there, and Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, with the help of Earl Thomas, is allowed to be, go back to being Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, playing hard, pursuing the ball, playing his kind of ball hawk center field type position while Earl, while Earl Thomas handles Earl Thomas' responsibilities. That's now a valid secondary again. It, it is, and... Yeah, if if they're turning down a second round pick, you know, you, I don't you don't give up a first in any possible quantum universe no, for Earl Thomas. No, 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 no. You you I I look at the Earl Thomas situation and go like third and possibly add in like if you have yourself like a, a fifth or a sixth in your back pocket as well. Yeah. Or a, a player who like a Kentrell Bryce that can take Earl Thomas's position in Seattle. They can, yeah. We can swap players plus a pick. Because you get younger when you had Kentrell Bryce, you get much younger which the Seahawks Bryce. are, the Seahawks are currently dismantling their entire team. Yeah, there's, they're 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 trying to just put Russell Wilson out on the field with with nobody with a clown. Seeing how that works, position players. Um, question for you, Mike. Yeah. So, Seattle, if they let Earl Thomas walk, they get a third round compensatory compensatory pick. Say that word for me. Compensatory? Compensatory. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, in 2020, they want to get younger. What's your verdict on Josh Jones? If Josh Jones and maybe a third-round pick? If they're asking for Jones, that's a that's a tough, tough ask because... We haven't seen anything of Jones. Earl Thomas and that's, is... That's exactly why. A quantifiable yep. asset. We know exactly what Earl Thomas is. Earl Thomas can come in, be successful, be very good for the next few years. This is the last year on his contract. We would be first in line to resign him. This, Green Bay is a football city. If you're trying to survive, it's the late stage of your career. Green Bay is the city you do it in. Yeah. Is that on the table for you? Do you think that's ever something that Gutekunst would consider? Even I'm a madman, and I would I would tell Seattle like, without a pick, I'd yeah. do that trade. Just Josh Jones for real time. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I would absolutely too. I, th- I think if the pick was below fourth round, fourth, fifth, or sixth, seventh, I think I'm also considering it. I'm assuming that Seattle would like it'd be the kind of thing where you just sort of are still listening to them laugh as you yeah. hang up the phone. If you were to offer them yeah. Josh Jones for Earl Thomas, straight up, straight up. <laughs> but they're trying to they're trying to get younger, and God knows I don't know what Pete Carroll wants in a football player because he doesn't I, seem to want anyone talented. It doesn't make any sense or, or good or experienced. And Josh Schneider really doesn't seem to know how to build. No. It seems like he's fallen off the wheels of how to build a team. No, they don't seem to have any any clue. It feels like they really lucked into those 
years and have just kind of been floundering ever since with no consistent, excuse me, no consistency, no. Yeah. Pete Carroll's nutcase. Yeah. He's a complete nutcase. Um, so week three was an odd one. Yeah. Week three, week three had some, uh, had some strange things like uh, Baker Mayfield. Browns won a game. Yeah. Driving the Browns downfield to win a game against the Jets. Oh, yeah. uh, the Saints, unfortunately, for the Packers draft situation, rallied back to beat the uh, Falcons in the most, just the Saints do this every week. They win 43 to 37. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it, that's how <laughs> it goes. Put them. up 80, 80 darn points. Yeah. Between the Saints and the Falcons in the uh, in the Falcons home stadium, Drew Brees is a wizard. I yeah, love that guy. He's so good. I despise having to root against the Saints yeah. this year to get because that <laughs> moves that pick up. Because I love Drew Brees. He's, he's so much fun to watch. He passed Brett Favre's completion record. Yeah, he's so good. He's really he's so good. good. Uh, the Chiefs behind Patrick Mahomes, who's the second coming of Christ. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Yeah, he he uh they beat the 49ers by 11 38 27. Jimmy Garoppolo is done. He blew out his knee. Yeah. That sucks. That's a lot. That sucks Difficult a lot. They gave him a lot of money. Yeah. Uh the Dolphins are 3 and 0 and they beat the Raiders who are 0 and 3. And uh I love John Gruden cuz he's coming out like, "You know, it's really hard to trade away your best player like you already did." Yeah, it's hard it's hard yeah. to have a it's hard to find a great pass rush. Sure, so. really- <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Is that lucked into an all timer? <laughs> I'm starting to think that like John Gruden has the the, the memento disease. Yeah, where he doesn't realize what he did yesterday because he wakes up and he's like, "God, I wish we had Khalil Mack. That guy seems good, huh?" Like, yeah, no, he was great. Yeah. Oh, oh, and yeah, that's that's fantastic. The Dolphins are pretty good. That's weird. Yeah, I think I think the Dolphins being three and zero is kind of why you can never really believe in what you see the first four weeks of the NFL. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Jordy Nelson, six receptions, 173 yards and a yeah. touchdown. That's uh I hope he has more games like that. I hope I hope he wins a few games with the Raiders because yeah. uh it's uh after after the whole like Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy situation that that Jordy Nelson got used to living with. Like yeah. having to look over at your head coach and have him be like have him be a complete doofus. Where'd my players go? Just have him be a yeah. complete doofus over there on the sideline. Yeah. You just just yeah. don't know what to expect. Just have him be so addled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked about the Bills beating the uh, beating the Vikings 27-6. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Just pure, pure madness. They scored 17 points in the first quarter. Classic Bills game, right? Yeah. They just smushed them. <laughs> Uh, the uh, Carson Wentz comes back for the Eagles, beats the Colts twenty to sixteen. That's good, I guess. They're probably good again. Yeah, they're two and one. Carson hey, Wentz is really good. Panthers beat the Bengals. Both of those teams, I have no idea what they are mm-hmm. entirely. Uh, the Titans beat the Jaguars nine to six in what was probably the best game of baseball played this season. Yeah, it was a beautiful game. Mm. Blake Bortles bortled his way to twenty one completions for one hundred and fifty. <laughs> It's such a Blake Bortles game. Yeah. God. And, and the Titans, Titans are good. Uh, Mariota came back off the bench yeah, to lead the Titans to victory. Yeah. Ravens beat the Broncos. Yeah. 27 to 14. I don't care. The Giants, the Giants beat the Texans down, down in Texas. 27 to 22. Deshaun Watson working his way back into two touchdowns in this. Where's their defense? Because the Giants can't put up 27 yeah. points on you ever. Ever. 
Um, Eli Manning is that successful against your defense? Yep. Not good. Rams are good. Golf and Gurley are incredible. They yeah. beat the Chargers 35-23. for the Rams. Or for the Vikings, too. Uh, the Bears beat Bears. most likely the worst or second worst team in the NFL in the Cardinals. 16-14. to 14. Just barely survived. <laughs> yeah, barely scraped, scraped that one out despite their, their very good defense. Um, Mitch Trubisky is bad. He's really He's bad. He's not good at all. He misses. He's yeah. He overthrows everyone. Yeah, constantly overthrowing. He's not good. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, like, there's there's no little fancy trick that uh, that you can put out on the offense that uh, makes you hit a guy in the hands. He's not making the right reads, and he's sailing all of his throws. Uh-huh. I mean, give him a couple of years, but at this point in time, he's not good. Yeah, there, there's a uh, there's no way that the the Chicago Bears give Trubisky a couple of years. No. They, they will lose their patience with him, and it will be funny. Uh, the Seahawks beat the Cowboys 24-13. to 13. Um, What the heck are the Cowboys this They're year? They're both because, terrible. Both because the Seahawks teams. are awful. Yeah, both of those teams are terrible. Dak Prescott's been uh, atrocious since Tony Romo left. Uh, the Patriots got the snot beaten out of them for the second week in a row. Yeah. And Detroit Lions beat them 26-10. to 10. That one... I guess that didn't surprise me very much because I looked at the Patriots playing the Jaguars and we're like, oh, they're bad this year. Yeah, they're I, not I see how that is this yeah. year. They're bad. Yeah, they're just not great. It's it's odd how that's finally happening, but I I guess we we tend to believe Tom Brady. Yeah. When he marches out there with that sort of like supreme Tom Brady confidence and is like, well, I'm just gonna play till I'm 50 and I'll win every time. Yeah. And we're like, and so the ESPN headline is like, Tom Brady will play till he's 50 and he'll win every time. Like, no, eventually you just can't play anymore. Yeah. Eventually you're just not able to make the reads yeah. and you're just not able to physically make the throws anymore. And you can't, I mean, it is very hard in this league to consistently build a winner. And when Tom Brady doesn't have great talent on the outside, they really struggle. I'm interested to see how the Patriots offense functions when they get Josh Gordon. Fully involved. Yeah. If Josh Gordon becomes fully involved and starts playing again, um, that'll be an interesting thing to say. But I don't think Tom Brady has the arm to throw deep to Josh Gordon. I think they're going to have to depend on a lot more, a lot more take and dunk style. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that that Brady and, and Gordon are going to quite be the Brady Moss connection yeah. that uh, no. I mean, that was that prime the eternal. Era. The eternal optimist thinks that they are going to have. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions on three consecutive passes. That cost the Buccaneers. A, a what would have been a sure win over the Steelers. Yeah. So the Steelers got to score uh, 24 points in the second quarter. Other than that quarter, the Buccaneers played very well. Boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick can throw a deep ball. Yeah. Good grief. He'll take all the risks in the world. Boy, Mike Evans is good. Mike Evans is good. Mike Evans is not stone hands. Mike Evans is good. No, Mike Evans is really very, he's, very good. He's big. He can go. He's great at pinpointing that high yeah. ball. Chris Godwin is very good. Yeah. They've got some good receivers there. Uh, I mean, how about your top four receivers being Evans, Godwin, OJ Howard? He's showing up, and Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Uh, reformed Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, Uh, but just just enough from the Steelers. I I watched that game all the way through yesterday. That was an insane week because a lot of your presumptive favorites lost. Yeah, the uh, the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears. Meanwhile. Yeah. Put together good games. I'm not. I'm not giving the Lions any credit for that game. By the I, way, yeah, I think that's fair. I don't. I don't think that's something we'll consistently see with the Detroit Lions. I don't think that's something we'll see again. Really, no. Um, 
And I also, I mean, like you said, I don't know how good the Patriots are this year. I think they're bad. I don't think that, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If I've been right. burned by them many times. Yeah. When I'm like, oh, the Patriots are bad this year. And then it's just like, no, some random guy you've never heard of is now, in fact, the best wide receiver in the NFL <laughs> for six games and they won another Super Bowl. Like, oh. Okay. Cool. Okay. Fine. fine. Cool. That's, I guess right. that's good. Uh, Bills coming up. And this one's back at Lambeau. So three of the first games for the Packers are at home. Yeah. This year, the Buffalo Bills are coming off the game of their life. I don't think they can repeat that. No, but I don't think they need to because now this is this is going to be my final hot take question. Yeah, like do you, based on how Rodgers looked in this game, yeah, which is a little bit tentative, still slow, yeah, frustrated, yeah. You start Kaiser? No, no, because uh, I think what you do is. Well, in a perfect world, we see Mike McCarthy make adjustments and go back to the quick get out of Aaron Rodgers' hand style offense we saw against the Bears and at, towards the, in the second half and the Minnesota Vikings a little bit. Instead, what we saw on Sunday was back to long belting shot plays, let Aaron Rodgers be Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers cannot be Aaron Rodgers right now with his knee. He's not going to be able to go through his first three, three reads, see that no one's open, scramble around for a little bit, wait for somebody to pull open, and then dump it off. He can move. He can't dance. He, he's, he can get around a little bit. He can take a few steps. He can avoid the hot spots of pressure coming at him, but he's not going to be pulling off some Pat Mahomes things right now. And so when we go to that quick moving, think and dunk offense, running quick slants, running spot routes, running things where we're getting the ball into our receiver's hands, excuse me, letting them do the work, this offense can be really good. But we didn't see that on Sunday. So I think don't start Kaiser. The best move would be for McCarthy to go back to that offense and also giving Aaron Jones the ball 20 times. Yeah, that would be a really good Feed Aaron Jones the ball and let him run and give him a chance to play against the Buffalo Bills. Please, Mike, please. please. That would take take so much pressure off Aaron Rodgers. If you want those shot passes, get Aaron, Aaron Jones 10 or 15 carries in the first half. That would open up the play action. Oh, like no one, no one will believe. Yeah, Aaron Jones, again, like I, I said it when we were in the offseason, this guy just finds the holes. Yeah. He just knows where the crease is. He gets through it very quick. He, he is in more of a stand-up runner. And I said this before we started recording, and I do mean it in that Aaron Jones is currently my pie-in-the-sky mm-hmm. sort of fellow in that. From what I've seen of him, I think I'm looking at like a Packer all-time great. Yeah, it's, it's my biggest thing with Aaron Jones alongside of all the stuff of, of he finds the crease, he finds the hole, he hits it hard, he runs through people, he can catch the ball, we can spread him out wide. He doesn't get tackled in the backfield. Nope. He will find a way to get back to the line of scrimmage. He will not lose two or three yards. He will find a way to get back to the line of scrimmage, even if he's sitting back and waiting for that hole to open up. If it doesn't open up, he'll just get back to the line of scrimmage, and there won't be a negative play. It'll be just a fine play. It'll reinforce the play action as a possibility. When you open up third quarter with 10 straight passes on a 10-play drive, no one's going to believe you if you go to yeah. play action. They're just going to think, oh, it's a play action. Jamal Williams, to me, looks like the most third-down running back I've ever seen. Jamal Williams is a great third-down running back. And he looks like, yeah, he looks like a guy who you'd love to have as a third-down running back. I love Jamal Williams as a third-down running back. He's great in pass protection. He might be the best pass protection running back I've seen the Packers have he's ever. Just not, he's just on, it's a, it's a safety valve. It's... Not a sixth lineman, but it is 
someone you can trust with a linebacker coming in, Aaron Rodgers, Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, he'll knock him out of the way. He, he knows where too. they're coming from. Yeah. He's smart in the backfield. He's just not a 25 carry guy. Aaron Jones needs to be getting the ball 20 carries a game. He needs to be catching the ball three or four times a game. He's a serious backfield talent. And from here on, he should be utilized. I mean, he, I'm assuming that he was not utilized uh, Sunday because he's been out for three games in that, with a hamstring injury in the preseason and two with a suspension, missing five games as everyone else has been playing. It's kind of a not the best way to get warmed up and into yeah, that, a football mood. That will, get, that will get you on the bench. That will get you on the bench. But from here on out, look, we need it. Six, need it. He had six carries for 42 yards. Every six, every one of those six carries was good. Yeah. it's If you're carrying the ball six times for 42 yards, you need to be getting the ball ten times, at the very least. Yeah, Jamal Williams looked pretty good in this game, too. Yeah. He had five carries for 29 yards. I think I think you're seeing that the Ty Montgomery experiment is uh, – I think Aaron Jones is going to put an end to the Ty Montgomery experiment, yeah. and he might be uh, he might be used as a wide out. And I also think that – his position as somewhat of a, a a replacement for Lance Kendricks in mm-hmm. short in the shorter passing game, yeah. or possibly as a blocker, yeah, could start working out well because he's still tough. He's still an athlete, yeah. But and he's he's well sized. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing that I think we forget about Ty, Ty Montgomery is is he's still six foot two, two hundred twenty five pounds. Big. He's bigger than Randall Cobb, while still having very good like twitch mechanics and twitchy speed and good. Out running, but he's really good in the passing game. And I would like to see Ty Montgomery used outside a little bit more, how he was as a rookie. Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to start establishing one to Jones Williams as as a running game mm-hmm. because you have that luxury finally. This yeah. is not. This is not like oh, Randall Cobb is our backup running back anymore. No. This isn't like well, we can use this wide receiver as a running back. You've got them. They're healthy. They're ready to go. Use them. Yeah, use them, and you know for the. Frankly, like, yeah, Aaron Aaron Jones getting suspended. Like, I I I want I want players to be able to smoke mad weed. Yeah, but like right now you can't, so don't. Like, it can't happen again. Yeah, yeah. Until until the league finally gets smarter. Yeah, he's got to be able to stay on the field, and if he does, I really I really have high high hopes for the guy. So that's uh, that's my one that's my one good takeaway, and therefore good. from this game. Therefore, Aaron Jones is my uh, my head cheese head. Good, hey, or, got uh, it. I got remembered it. it. Great job. I uh, remembered it, and I segued into it nicely. That was a, it. Was most so of this podcast wonderful. is me complimenting myself on my segue. Yeah, no, or not complimenting yourself. <laughs> or saying not the best segue we've ever. Yeah. Had. Uh, are we put? Are you? Am I on the spot for this cheese head of the week? Yep. Um, I'll take Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had a game. To put us in positions, it, I think a big part of that was play calling, and I think um, his receivers did not perform. Yeah, the drops done got him. Drops on third and fourth downs, um, that'll hose you. That'll screw you every time. Fumbles on completed passes, that'll screw you. Um, I think really Mike McCarthy's play calling really left us up a creek without a battle. Um, I do have one more thing I want to bring up. Yeah, man. Is as of a couple hours ago, uh, eighty-eight minutes as of the report I'm looking at. Bashad Breland was announced as a visitor with the Green, Green Bay Packers. Bashad Breland uh, was a fourth-round pick in 2014 with the Washington football team. Uh, he was not a pro bowler, but he has only missed four games in his career, recorded 59 passes, defended in eight interceptions in 60 games. In 2017, he played across from Josh Norman. Um, I mean, 
I don't know how much stock you put into Pro Football Focus. I think it's a relatively, um, it's a fine website. It's not the best in the world. It's kind of uh, ambiguous. But Josh Norman, considered one of the best cornerbacks in football that year, had a 79.1. Bashar Breland had a 79. Sure. He's good. Failed his physical with the Panthers. Well, here's what compounds it, is that as of 37 minutes ago. Oh, man. Uh, Devon House hits the AR. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, Devon House. Devon House is now on the injured reserve. Uh, Devon House, even if he wasn't injured in those first three games, played terribly. Like it looked like he yeah, played he looked, on one leg. He looked know. done. He looked absolutely <laughs> he looked done. Cooked and not like the NFL was his league anymore. Um, yeah. I, so I, I think Bashad Breeland would be a huge sign. I think he would. I think. Yeah, and that's the Packers have have looked at him and passed him up a few times. So when you have a, a secondary full of guys who are not healthy at the moment, a guy who has had trouble getting healthy might not be it. But I I'm glad I'm not Brett Goodkunst because right now I'm looking at I'm staring down a secondary that absolutely needs help because yeah. because a lot of the things that a lot of the things that perennially have not gone right are continuing to not go right. Yeah. And that the team isn't healthy and the, and the, the rookies and the second year guys can't get out on the field and get the snaps they need to really season up that stake. Yeah. I mean, I, I think really they're also looking at uh, David Emerson. Emerson uh, was drafted by the Washington in the second round in 2013, uh, played with the Raiders, recorded interceptions and in 64 passes defended in 68 career games. Uh, I'm in on the Bashad Breeland experiment. I mean, what he got cut from from the Panthers was uh, an injury that reopened an injury he had uh, in when he was like a fourth grader. So it's not a new injury. It is something that has existed in the past and he's lived with and says it's not a big deal. And look, man, he's, be- he's better what than anybody else. What else are going to do at this point? He's better than anybody else we're going to pick up. I mean, with Kevin King injured and Devon House on the IR, and Devon House shouldn't have been playing anyway. We did see some. We we did some see, see some Jermaine Whitehead. Yeah, towards well, the end of this game when yeah. uh, when uh, McCarthy is still throwing sport behind Bryce, but he did bench him. Yeah, in this game, yeah. and went to Jermaine Whitehead. And uh, I just want to. Uh, I realized in this game that I have uh, I've been occasionally calling him to hear Whitehead, which is a different guy. Sure. Yeah, but it's Jermaine Whitehead who is a Packer. I'm just calling myself out there, but. Whitehead did not play terribly late in this game, but the Packers were already pretty much done by the time he got in there. Yeah. I've been calling him Isaiah Whitehead, who is a oh. basketball player for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. Yet another guy. Yet another. I didn't even know about that yet guy. another professional athlete named Whitehead. Uh, I didn't know about all these Whiteheads, honestly. So, are they all brothers? What's the... Um, but they, yeah. I... Kendra Bryce benched not the best. Yeah, it's it's tough, and you are you are right in the the point of that season right now where the teams just keep on coming for the Packers. There's no uh, there's no respite yeah. on the way. You uh, you got to go play the Lions. You got to go, and then immediately after that, you have to go play the uh, the Forty Niners. <laughs> then well, games games don't stop. They still happen every week. Nothing you can do. Yeah, there's uh there's 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 no there's no real break coming anytime soon. So. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've got to get uh, you've got to get solutions in, and that's why. Like when once you get into the season, I'm always the guy who's looking for solutions. Yeah, on the team instead of from elsewhere. Yeah, and I think I think you have to be of a certain 
Earl Thomas like caliber to get me to step outside of that once the season gets going. But uh, we shall see. This is uh, this is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. This was sort of a tenuous episode. Yeah. In that, like, like I have I've had a fantastic day learning about the uh, the dire situation of of my teeth and uh, <laughs> going to dentists. And uh, this is a tough tough loss we had to talk about. But uh, I'm glad we got it done. It's always fun. Yeah. To, uh, to have a little chat about the Green Bay Packers. And I'll get this episode up by uh, by tonight. No uh, no worries there. So follow us on Cheese Chicagoland. Subscribe to our Facebook group, which is Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Um, put your own podcast up on anchor.fm. It, it still continues to work really well. I'm always afraid that they're going to pull the rug out from under me, but they never do. Yeah. They're just always there and it always works. So that's really cool. Thank you guys. Wonderful. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the, uh, the Packers versus the Buffalo bills who for, for 60 minutes this week, were the best NFL team ever to ever to, ever to step up. on a field. <laughs> ever, and Josh Allen was for 60 Ugh. minutes. Somehow good at the football. He jump at a man. He jumps, man. He jump a man. It was a thing. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Keep listening to our podcast. Tweet at us and suggest us ways that we can improve our podcast. We might actually listen to you. I'm not don't sure. be too mean though. Yeah, don't be pretty nice about it. Leave a review on the podcast, whatever podcast service you listen to. Yeah. Give us a nice review, one nice statement, and then one piece of constructive criticism. Please. I, I'm in a tenuous place mentally, so yeah. be careful with it. Be nice to me. Be gentle. Be gentle with me. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. And until then, what should people do, Matt? I think they should stay cheesy. Yeah, Matt.